Hello and welcome to this, Talking Dogs. I'm Graham Hall, although you perhaps know me better as the dog father. Uh, I've been working with dogs for more than 10 years, and for the last few of those, I've been helping exasperated dog owners on TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. I'm determined to make sure as many humans and dogs as possible live happy lives together, which is why I'm bringing even more advice and the odd funny story to you on this podcast. Now today we're tackling people visiting the house because many dog-owning households do indeed have a problem with their dogs tackling visitors. In a bit I'll talk you through what to do when your dog gets overexcited by new people arriving but first I want to have a think about dogs that are scared of visitors like Sarah's dog, Teddy. Hi, my name is Sarah Hodgson and I have a one-year-old rescue Papillon boy called Teddy. Teddy is extremely scared of visitors that come to my house and he barks non-stop, especially my grandson who's four years old and has some behaviour issues. Ronnie can be good and take instruction but when he moves Teddy goes nuts and will hide under the sofa and bark and bark. I've tried giving him chews, dog puzzles, I've tried walking him with my grandson. I just don't know what to do anymore. So the first thing to say is that there's already an episode of this podcast that focuses on fearful dogs. So do go back there and have a listen to that one for more anxiety-specific advice. Now, Sarah, I can really hear the anxiety in your voice. You sound nervous even recalling it and talking to me about it. So just be really careful that you don't let that anxiety rub off on Teddy because dogs really pick up on both the sound that we make and the look on your face because I'll, I'll bet when you were sending me that audio note, your face looked pretty pained as well. Teddy will see and hear that. And he'll think, right, well, if you're anxious, I'm anxious. And you seem to be anxious every time Ronnie comes around. Now, of course, he doesn't understand why you're anxious because of the way Teddy is. But Teddy won't read it like that. He'll be like, Ronnie appears, you look anxious, there's a problem. Now, I'm listening to the things that you've tried. Now, offering him a chew often means rewarding behaviour that we want to get rid of because it happens at the same time. So if, if he starts to bark and look anxious and, and run away as well and you're sort of going look there's a chew there's a chew you know just just have, a, have this instead which is perfectly understandable unfortunately the timing is wrong he starts to go right okay so i bark and i try and defend us all from this scary young man i get a chew for it so you can see how that would be the wrong signal so I wouldn't do that. Be careful of that timing. If you give him a chew before Ronnie comes round, and it's one of those that he can gnaw on and, and keep going at, then he's already in a sort of good place. He's exhibiting good behaviour, and it might just keep him distracted. So it's all about timing, that one. So you've tried puzzles. That's great, um, especially for hyperactive dogs. Um, again, I'd start him with the puzzle before Ronnie came in, otherwise he'll be just too distracted to even look at it. But the thing with, with puzzles is, uh, if it's too much, it's too much. You wouldn't work on a terrified human, would it? You know, uh, Look, there's a Sudoku. You don't have to worry about things. No, that's not going to work. So there's a limit to how much that's, that's going to do it.
I like what you said about getting out walking with Ronnie. I think that's a better bet to get yourself a baseline. You know, it, there's a bit more freedom. It's fine. Um, they can walk in parallel lines because otherwise it tends to be in a house that you're kind of face to face. So Teddy's coming out. Ronnie's sort of looking at him potentially, uh, and it, it's, it's just a bit angsty there. Whereas when you're walking in parallel lines together, um, things just calm down. There's less of a pressure cooker. So I think do lots more of that out and about, walking. You know, don't stop and play too much. That's that's a tricky thing for Teddy. Just just keep plodding. You know, and what we're hoping for is that Teddy starts to go. Right, okay, well I'm kind of with this this little guy. Nothing bad's happening. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. Then we translate that back to the house. When you are back at the house, I think giving Teddy the option to run away isn't the best thing. So I'd probably keep him on lead. Don't have the lead tight. Don't sort of force him to go and say hello to Ronnie. But it means that he can't run away all the time. Now, there's a balance to be made because if being under the cabinet is his safe place, makes him feel a bit more secure, you're going to have to experiment. Maybe that, that will help you to settle things down. But I think sometimes it just gets them back into this habit. I go under there and I bark, that's what I do there. So it may be on that in that situation, what you do actually is you, you say, no, you, you can't go under there. You've, you've got to, to some extent, face your fears, but in a nice way. Here's the thing, we, we need to reward good behaviour. Well, what's, what's good behaviour? Well, karma behaviour, but also... In, in Teddy's case, well, being a bit braver, uh, a bit more curious about Ronnie. So if he stops for even a couple of seconds, you can drop in a nice, calm, oh, good boy, Teddy, and, and let him know when he's being good. Now, initially, you might only get two or three seconds of it, right? Um, but don't miss it, because often we do, because it's bang, 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 for goodness sake, bang, 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 bang. You almost sense it coming. <laughs> and then it goes quiet for a bit. And we kind of wait, and there's this pregnant pause where nothing happens, then he's off again. Well, that was an opportunity for you to, to tell him he was good. But if you see him coming forwards in a nice way, perhaps using his, his nose and he's having a little sniff, that's curiosity in a dog, you know, oh, good boy, Teddy, and good for being quiet, good for being brave too. So that, that's really what we're after. In general terms, if your dog has an issue with one particular person, there are things that that person can do to help you rather than putting all the pressure on the dog. And often the thing that they can do the best to help you is nothing. Right? People who love dogs will insist on coming forward. Um, so you've got a nervous dog, dog's barking, dog lover who's a stranger comes forward. It's all right, mate, everything's all right. Look, 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 oh, dogs love me. And he's just like, you're, you're scary and horrible and get away and it's not working. So what's he going to do? He's going to bark all the more because he's getting desperate. That's something to think about. If it's somebody who comes round to your house that you've got a particular problem with, just ask them to stand there. Don't flinch, don't go backwards, don't make it look as though barking's going to make them go away. But on the other hand, don't come forward too soon because you, you're just going to make it worse. I often find a, a little trick in a situation like that is get your friend in the house, make him a cup of tea uh, and, and get them to just ignore the dog, you know, so they're off the radar and you're doing your own thing. That's your best chance. Again, the bits to reward are when your dog's looking slightly braver or inquisitive, um, when they start to use their nose, the same applies as just as it did with Ronnie there. If you've got a dog that is 
driven by food uh, and lots are labrador spring to mind but lots of breeds are food could be your best friend once they've started to calm down a bit so you, for example you could feed your dog half the breakfast this morning because you know your friends coming around and the dog's a wee bit hungry person sort of drops a bit of food on the floor dog gets curious gets used to the scent of the person starts to come forward and if you're lucky eventually over stages you might get your dog to eat food out of that person's hand but I, what i wouldn't do to start with is get your friend to take the food to the dog because again they're just seeing this great big scary advancing human aren't they so they drop the food on the floor quite close to the dog initially um the scent of the person is on the food dog starts to go yeah, okay fine and you just get to a point where you know the dog thinks you know it's okay i could come near this guy and get food he's um he's a bit careless with his food he drops it a lot butter fingers so don't get too involved with your cup of tea and your chat and the you know what was on the telly last night oh that funny dog trainer fellow wearing tweed hopeless utterly useless um that kind of thing you need to be awake to the moment when your dog gives you a little bit of good behavior break in middle of a word if necessary and just look down at your dog and go oh good boy that's very nice you've got to catch the moment Okay, let's hear from Kate now. She's got a nine-month-old puppy called Macy. Hi, Graham. I just wondered if I could get your advice about our English Bull Terrier puppy. The issue that we have is that when we have visitors around at the house, she jumps up terribly at them. Uh, we've tried saying no in a firm voice. We have tried putting her in a different room. We've tried asking guests to ignore her until she's got all four paws on the ground. But it seems no matter what we do, she won't stop jumping up at people. Um, she's not doing it in a malicious way. She's just really overexcited and she wants to see them and she wants them to pay attention to her. If we take her out of the house and to somebody else's house, she's much calmer. At times we've put a harness on her and a lead to try and keep her back and stop her from jumping up at people because I worry that she's going to rip someone's clothes or scratch them and I don't want people to not want to come to our house because of this. Would you be able to give us any tips or advice about what we can do to stop her from jumping up at people when they come and see if we can do something to break the habit? So this is interesting because between Sarah and Kate we have two young dogs both barking at visitors in their own home but they're actually very different reactions. In this case, Kate's dog Macy is overexcited in a good way. Now, Kate, I listened to your voice note and it made me smile because you're from Hull. I can tell you're from Hull. So you've you've tried everything. No, uh, <laughs> no, no matter anything you do, she gets overexcited and she's in danger of ripping people's clothes. Um, so <laughs> uh, I should explain, I went to Union Hull. I love the city. It's a great place. If you've never been to Hull, the accent's very special. Um, people from Hull say things like, oh no, there's snow on the road. Um, translation, oh no, there's snow on the road. Um, so yeah Kate you've, you've tried everything you've tried this tried that tried the other thing you've tried saying no that's where you're going wrong you need to say no don't you <laughs> anyway I'm pulling your leg clearly let's give you some proper advice you say that she's calmer in other people's houses now some people would ask is this territorial 
I don't think so. Here's the thing. When you're in your own house, you sat down, everything's calm, and then boom, or ding-dong, as the case may be, they walk in, whereas in everybody else's house, they were already there. You took your dog there. The dog gets there. They're so much more distracted. There's loads going on. It's sensory overload. The people are just one of many factors. You know, in her own house, she knows what the carpet's like, how it smells, what everything else is going on. So the people that walk in the door become... The, the full attention um it's a very different thing so i don't think she's been territorial i think we can rule that one out now you, you said you've tried ignoring it now i think that's great the problem is that if you could ignore it for long enough you might get there but it takes a long long time and you need the cooperation of everybody else to ignore her too and by ignore i mean nothing nothing at all she she doesn't exist at that moment as far as you're concerned you're chatting to the other person you're not even looking at her nothing that's surprisingly hard to do now often people try folding their arms and turning around to ignore the dog but actually that's not ignoring them at all uh, no puppy in the history of that method has ever said oh you've played the foldy arms game that's it you've got me there i'll give up jumping no they just kind of go well it's not what i had in mind uh, it's a bit of a funny dance frankly but i'll dance with you so they do one of two things they either jump at your bum or they come around the front and they, they jump again so whereupon you spin around and yeah, it's getting you nowhere isn't it if you've tried that you might well know it rarely works in my experience ignore everything that the dog's doing no attention at all carry on making that cup of tea again in theory, you would have to completely ignore it as their claws are scraping at your clothes, ripping your tights to bits, whatever it is. It's very difficult to do. It's called behaviour extinction. If you ignore it for long enough, the behaviour fades away because the puppy comes to the conclusion that, ah, do you know what? This doesn't work. The problem is that they only need to be given attention accidentally once and you're pretty much back to square one. It's probably better to put some clear signals in, but without overdoing it. So let's start with your tone of voice. Um, a, a clear off is a good word for jumping, I find. So if she jumps, you can sort of brush her off to one side, and I'll come back to that in a second, but the sound that you're making is key. If the look on your face and the sound says, uh, no, not impressed... <laughs> You know, that look that says, I am so disappointed in you. That's kind of what you need going on. I'm not too bothered what the command is, really, as long as it sounds the part. But the one I use is off. It's just, it's like the beat of a drum. It's not negotiable. It's like off, right? Don't push her straight back down. So if you can imagine this, if you've got a dog in front of you and you push straight back towards them, all you do is you sort of squeeze the back end down, you compress the muscles at the, at the back, which are very strong, by the way, and she's going to spring straight back at you. So you push her back, she springs up. It becomes the greatest game known to dog, right? You push me, I jump, you push me, I jump, and that's really the problem you've got. You think you're telling her off, she thinks you're playing. Hmm, kind of ironic, right? Instead of that, if you push it to the side, it creates this kind of off-balance feeling. And essentially, four-legged animals, including dogs, if they pounce in the air, they always come back down with the front paws at the same time. So we've got to be very careful here because we don't want to knock her off to the side and she falls in a big thump. Those those joints are still growing and they're, they're kind of delicate, so you, you mustn't you know put any impact in. But the feeling of of, of being brushed off sideways that feeling of being off balance sends a big strong signal to the brain which is like oh this this isn't right you know it's not meant to be like this so sideways and not straight back is the way to go 
Now, you might have to repeat that two, three, four, five times, whatever it is. Um, so it'll be kind of off, no, off, off. And you're waiting for the moment when she's got a pause on the ground. Even for a second or two, that'll do nicely. Guess what? That's when you praise her. Kind of stands to reason, doesn't it? Now, here's the thing. It's not as though she sat there looking at you going, would you prefer this instead, sir? It's not like that. She's really just going, that's not working. What else can I do? Now, if you leave it for too long, she's going to go, now, where was I? Oh, no, jump in. And you'll be going, oh, this isn't working. It's hopeless. And you'll give up. So watch for those couple of seconds. It doesn't need to be perfection. If I pause her on the ground, she's not jumping. That's For me, that's enough. Praise her. Now, the praise needs to be calm. If you think about it, praise can be... It's kind of on a sliding scale. Anything from super calm, like soothing a baby off to sleep, or really bonkers excited, like you might want if you were doing an agility competition. For this, not jumping, rewarding calm behaviour, pause on the ground, guess what? You want your praise to be on the calm end of the scale. So even though you're so pleased to see it, resist the temptation to go, yes, good girl. <laughs> All you're going to do is rev her up. She's going to be like, pop, way, let's jump again. So the praise needs to be, oh, good girl, that's nice. And by the way, as a general tip for any behaviour, if you feel that when you praise your dog, it ruins everything and she goes straight back to it, just ask yourself, am I being a bit too excited with my praise? Another thing I've heard people suggest is that perhaps you put the dog on a lead when people arrive. I would do that kind of thing if I've got an aggressive dog and I'd consider a muzzle and things like that. But for something like a puppy who's just a bit overexcited, I think it's a sledgehammer to crack a nut. And it could make things worse because if she's on lead and you're just holding back, dogs have this habit of pulling against you. I mean, who wouldn't, right? If somebody pulled you back, you want to pull against it. So if you're at the door holding the dog back on a lead, all you're doing is creating a habit, which is time and time again, she's pulling towards the person who walked in the door. You've shot yourself in the foot. Oh, before I let you go, I just want to mention this message I got from Rowan on Twitter. She's been listening to the episode on travelling with dogs in the car and told her followers, I'm afraid I'm guilty of this, please don't let dogs put their heads out of a moving car. They just get dust in their eyes, something I never considered. So, yeah, absolutely right, Rowan. Um, thanks for helping to spread that message uh, and thank you for getting in touch. You can let me know what you make of this podcast by finding me on Twitter. It's at Graham Dogfather and my name is spelt G-R-A-E-M. Thanks, Mum. She wanted to be a bit different. I've been spelling it to people for 50 years. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some of that really helpful. Um, I, I want to hear about your dog too. So any struggles you might be having with them? Do you feel like you've tried everything like Kate did? Uh, I might just be able to suggest something new. So do send a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I could be answering your question next week. I'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can meet up again very soon and have some more of our little chats about our furry friends. You could even tell some of those friends about the podcast next time you're out and about. And lastly from me for now, look after yourselves and your loved ones and of course, your dogs. Bye for now. <laughs>